1: or go to amazon.com slash news ad free that's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads good
0: evening gabby good evening cc and welcome all to car
1: 64 by weekly podcast coming view with you the Billsborough. Mr.
0: Terry Coren, how's things? <clears throat> Steady away, um, but obviously with a bit of a sad news, I'd like to pay pay a little bit of respect to Diego Maradona, Yeah, you know, one of the greatest players uh, in, in all my lifetime. I've seen some great players and he was one of them, so uh, it's a sad day for football and uh, yeah, whether you liked him or not, you know, I know he's got his flaws, but people will never understand what must have gone around, what must have been hard for him, what was around him and... When he was forced to do things which he probably didn't want to do, but uh, he was a people's man. He came from a really poor background and it uh, was for the working-class people. So it's a sad day for football and um, at least he's got a bit of peace and quiet. now.
1: Yeah, it is, T-C, and you're absolutely right. And, and let's just indulge um, for a few minutes about the greatest player, in, in my opinion, of my lifetime, because I'm just slightly too young to really remember... Uh, George Best at his pump and Pele at his pump. Um, So, for me, Diego Armando Mardana was the greatest player of my lifetime, of my generation.
0: Without doubt, I mean, um, again, for me, he's one of the best. Uh, George Best will always be my, my one, but obviously... You know, you got Pelle. And when we talk about all these players, but even some of these great defenders, uh, Beckenbauer and Baresi, uh, the Italian, you know, even though they were defenders, they'd all got class about them, how they performed the game. But Diego, you know, along with a lots of these great players, you know, Rinaldos, Brazilian Rinaldo, uh, Ronaldinho, Cruyff, Zidane, all make the ball talk. You know yeah. uh, to watch him it was like i would imagine if you're into art an artist painting a musician uh, either singing or playing a instrument or you know something they just got the, these players have got something about them and they're just on the knife's edge you know where they want to an express and i think i think people should let them express themselves on a football field and you, at least you've got Another nine players, obviously the goalkeepers, you know, protecting the goals, but they've got another nine players um, to be able to combat and, and try and stop goals. But those type of players, I think you have to let them express themselves and just watch them play football. And, you know, sometimes it, it might work against you, but, uh, but more often than not, they will produce that magic what will win the game for you.
1: I think you're absolutely spot on, and if I'm going to nick the uh, the words of um, of Alan Hudson's manager at Stoke City, Tony Waddington, and the um, the the title of Alan's autobiography, "The Working Man's Ballet," because that's what Tony Waddington believed football was, the working man's ballet, and you're absolutely right when you look at players that you've just uh, referenced. They were artists. The pitch was was their theatre. And th- they, they went out on that pitch. They struck their stuff. And we turned up to watch them and were excited every second that they received the ball because we knew that possibly magic could happen. And there's only a sprinkling of players that have ever been able to, to do that
0: without a doubt and, and you're right it is it is, a, it, it is a, a, a sort of ballet when you see those type of players you know because it, it, it is it's just the gliding off the football pitch. you know yeah. uh, everything they do it's with a swagger and yeah. a meaning and a and an happy ending you know majority of it is an happy ending yeah. and make no mistake all of them will have had major problems in their lifetime yeah. because of the pressure of, of, and people say, well, what type of pressures is that? They have to perform and they have to do the right things, you know. Um, and they would have, that's the only time they would have hidden their pressure on a football field. Of course, for that 90 minutes, they could forget any, about any mortal thing mm. and go and express themselves. And yet, you know, an artist doesn't get stopped. A singer does not get stopped. Mm. You know, uh, any other profession... No one's trying to stop them playing. Footballers, you know, they are. When they get that ball, somebody's going to make a tattle or somebody might um, do something. What stops that player doing the unexpected thing? And that's a good thing about those type of players. No one knew what type of what things they were going to do with that ball, uh, but they knew. They always know what they're going to do with it. Majority of the time it came off and it's just the odd fractions when it doesn't come off and then people will look at them and think, well, they're not perfectionists, but they were perfectionists and they got the art to do that, to put, to put that uh, performance on for the for the people to, to, to see their and enjoy their uh, spectacular uh, skills.
1: Genius, icon and legend, all three of those wrapped into one. I remember watching the Diego Maradona documentary and well, so thinking. sad,
0: you know, when you're looking
1: at that. Oh, it? absolutely. And I, the first thing I thought of that while I was watching that, has any player ever in the history of football had such expectation and pressure on their shoulders? And I think 100% no. Maradona was just completely different to any other football
0: player that's ever walked on a pitch. I know where you're coming from with that, Gabby, and, and, and I understand it, but where these other players had that type of pressure, where the, where the pressure he had, especially went to Italy, he yeah. got the mafia running him. Oh, yeah. You know, and that must have been, well, not difficult, most impossible yeah. uh, to, to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because make no mistake, we will never know. I know certain things in what what goes around certain players that he would have been meant to do whatever he had to do, mm-hmm. um, even though uh, they loved him like everyone else did to to watch him play football. But these people were making vast amount of money out of him. Yes. I mean, I would imagine the good thing about it is, I mean, you will you will educate yourself when you when when you're in football, mm-hmm. where he came from um he knew what was going on because obviously in, there's one thing about life you've either got the the supernatural brain or you've got the uh, common sense determination you know to not to let people uh, walk all over you. Mm-hmm. but when you get those type of people in and around you, you have no say and a lot of it will have been forced on upon him. Um, but the guy was a genius, you know, uh, it got a swagger about him, breathtaking. You know, and uh, a football genius uh, without no doubt. And like any, like anything else, we all have his favourite players, and George Best will always be mine. But I could never say George was any better than, than Diego or any of these great type of mm-hmm. players. What we see even in modern day football, you know, it, it's. They're just genius to watch and the great uh, pleasure. I know he gave me, he's not going to give great pleasure to everybody else. I mean, there will be, be somewhat, you know, would have, uh, will still hate him for the the handball. Yes, it was an handball. Yes, I was disappointed. But uh, besides that handball, what cost us dearly in you know, a World we'll Cup, you know, he produced one of the greatest goals that anyone will ever see in that mm-hmm. match and all. So, it, like, like you said, he got everything every mortal thing and he was a people's man he was a people's man he knew where he came from and he stuck to those principles and he he's helped more people than than any any governments have absolutely
1: when i was on about pressure i was thinking more in 1986 it was the first world cup tournament after the well first meeting of England and Argentina after the Falklands, oh yeah yeah, 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 that country was really down on its knees. England had really rubbed the noses in it, and I guess if there was ever going to be a winner in that game at any cost, it was always going to be Argentina. I think that we have to factor these things into the equation, and that weight of anticipation and and. And, and everything, the the nation's hopes, restoring belief. Argentina was on its knees. Diego put it back on that pedestal that the Argentinian public will always love, adore, and honor Diego for almost single handedly doing that. And I believe there's there's three days of mourning in Argentina, and it would it was uh, four out of seven. In the uh, magnificent seven uh, football forecast this week, so we both drew it. We will be going out later in the podcast with uh, "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina" by Julie Covington.
0: That's a great. That's a great uh, uh, tribute to him and all, isn't it? Yeah,
1: Argentina will not stop crying for for days. I I
0: think I I think part of that, what you said, it it, it is right because obviously the working class people on both sides. Of, of the Atlantic you know uh, the Argentinian people and the English people they know a lot of this these wars are not to do with the people it's no. it, it's, it's, it's above them yeah. and it, obviously uh, from from the background that Maradona came from uh, you know, it would have been a, it would have meant a lot to him mm-hmm. you know uh, a lot of people lost their lives for really nothing whatsoever really I know I know you can look at it you know uh, the falkland islands but the argentinians call them the malvinos is it yeah, malvinas malvinas islands uh, it means something to some people but we're on this earth for a short period of time and it's about time that we all started to try and get on we're never going to get on in a yeah. sense where you want to go out with every top dick and harry mm-hmm. but it's you know it's about having a bit of peace and uh, prosperity for everyone and you know if if, if the world I, I, I try and get on a little bit better you know it, it, maybe we wouldn't have the problems what, we, what we're having and, and and what we've had over the years but make no mistake it would have meant a lot to maradona it would have meant a lot to england and all because obviously you're right i mean i forgot about the, the, the thing with the uh with the falcon Falkland mm-hmm. islands and the war um people lost their lives and i, I would imagine it it brought a lot of joy to the Argentinian people uh, when when they beat when they beat us in that. Is it quarterfinals? It was quarterfinals, quarter semif- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, they beat know. Belgium
1: then in the semi-final with two more a yeah. classic but goals. With,
0: but without doubt, I mean, he could handle that pressure because obviously, yeah. again, I keep mentioning his background. He, he knew he knew the importance of everything, but it, it, he's one of those people you, you know you can see you can tell how he plays a football. Nothing bothers him, nothing uh, is going to put him, uh, stop him doing what he wants to do, and and he's one of those players, what could win a game single-handedly, and uh, he he was a big part of Argentina uh, winning the World Cup, make no mistake, you need a team, but he was one of them what lifted the other people, other players around him
1: and also got Argentina in 1990 to another World Cup final. And again, I, I, you're not an ordinary team if you win the World Cup, but you get two to, to successive World Cup finals. But when you look at football and look at football clubs that have inspired you, take Maradona away. I think that Argentinian team wasn't a very inspiring team for me. The one memory that lots of England fans have, in the same game, is the hand of God and also the goal, the magnificent goal that he scored. But Maradona's first trip to Wembley was in 1980. And I remember at the time... Watching Diego, I think Diego was probably 17, 18, and I was about 13 or 14, and kept all the newspaper clippings. You got this young Argentinian kid that was coming over to England. I had pictures of Maradona all above me, me bed in my me, me bedroom. Well, that's where my bed would be, wouldn't it? In my bedroom, <laughs> but you know, and the Brazil team and the Mavericks and, and everything. And there was a run in that game if you rewind that game and, and watch it through again, he showed exactly what he was capable of in 1986, in 1980, because he had an amazing run, and he just put the ball the other side of the left-hand post. I was hoping that he was going to score, because when you score goals like that, it's repeated, when you miss, it isn't. But Maradona yeah. was just everything that I ever wanted to watch in a football my, play.
0: My earliest memory of it, I'm... I think he was a 16-year-old and um, they would talk about him playing at Scotland. I'm not sure if he played. Yeah. Um, David played. I don't, I don't think... He, I think he missed out on that World Cup.
1: Yeah, he did. Mario Kempes was given the number 10 shirt because I think he was 16, possibly just 17, in uh, 78, I But I'm not sure
0: whether he played in that game, but that's my first recollection of him. You know, something about this 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he was going to play in Scotland whether we were going to take him to the World Cup you know um, and he I think he did, you're right he didn't go because he did miss out on it and Camp. yeah
1: he yeah, definitely didn't play in 78 like Kempes you know, uh,
0: yeah. Kem, I mean that was a, a really good uh, Argentinian team uh, Luque the other the other striker there's some good players in that Argentinian team yeah. um, but uh, a genius anyone would want him in, in, in their football team if you, if you really like football, but I mean, yeah. I, I get there where some people won't like him because what he was or, or because what he achieved and all. But uh, in my eyes, it, 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 I will never forget him in my lifetime, ever. Great, Dave, player. Dave, great player, absolutely great player. David
1: Langan, I'll never forget him as well, because I think Langan was almost, well, he will not marking him. I don't think you mark Maradona. He comes by you and you try and stop him, which is almost impossible. But remember, Langan's saying to me, when they play, he played against the Republic of Ireland. I think it was the first, you know, open... Um, um, I mean, we, we, we say they're not British, but they are. I mean, the Ireland of Ireland is, is is Britain, and let's yes, not go yeah. politically about it. But um, I think over these shores, the Republic of Ireland was the first team that Diego played against. And uh, I'm sure Langey said, um, Don Giffen's turn looked at Langey and said, who the bloody hell's this kid? I mean, he got thighs like <laughs> tree trunks. His, his centre of gravity was unbelievable, and his balance was just like yep. nothing on earth.
0: Unbelievable. When you... When you I mean, people would have, would, would have filled a football ground just to watch him warm up. 100%. The exhibitions he did with the football oh. um, before a game, I mean, to do it in a game when when you're getting tattled like he got tattled. It's oh. different. It's a different ball game. Mm. You know, he got that double ball chest, you know, yeah. his low centre of uh, gravity, you know, like you say, his thighs. It, it was impossible. Big guys couldn't knock him off the ball. No. You know, so not only had he got that uh, grace of a ballerina, he got the skills of anything what you would want to put together. To say that's that's what I would say the most skillful thing is. He got all that in his locker. Uh, and when you talk about Langie, I mean, I, I I played with a a great player, and, and, and I know it made Peter Reed look uh, absolutely. Uh, stuck to the ground mm-hmm. when it went past him and, he, and not only when he, when he went past him you know he just ran away from him yeah you know, from peter reed but don't want peter reed and, and really wouldn't uh, like me bringing that type of thing back up but he'll always tell you you know what a player what one of the great well he, he said he was the greatest player he ever played against and make no mistake he he was a genius
1: and this is the thing when people say, kick him, kick him. It's very easy in your front room saying, kick him. But I remember Reedy at the time saying it, and Langie has also, well, Langie told me about him. I remember Alan Hudson telling me about Johan Cruyff. It's getting close to these players, because yeah. as soon as you've got close to them, they've gone. I mean, yeah. you. I, th- I think they're absolute professional football is a difference. What makes, or, a,
0: what makes that, uh, Gabby, mm. is the touch. You know the touch, and when I mean a touch, it play doesn't mean touch. like stop, yeah. doesn't mean stopping the ball. Yeah. Right. It means they've seen that picture, mm. and when the ball's coming to them, yeah. they play the ball in such a grace. Yeah. That it doesn't break out of the position that they want the ball to go, where they're running with the where where they can go in with the ball's going. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how good and great these players are.
1: You're absolutely right. They don't, they don't just kick a ball or pass a ball. They almost make love and caress the football, don't they? They are just different class. And another one of that same ability you've referenced him earlier is uh, George Best. And sadly, 15 years ago, uh, to this very day, we uh, we lost George, our, our greatest British player ever.
0: Oh yeah, without without a question of a doubt, and for me, he'll always be classed as the best player I've ever seen. But yeah. I could not say we're better than any of them. You know, your Cruyffs, your Zizans, and the Messi's today, Ronaldo. All, all grace the football and make the ball go where Mm. they're intending to go. When you look at them with the ball, when they're shooting, the timing of the the ball, the timing, they hit the ball in exact position where... Uh, it's going to go, and I'll, I'll tell you this, you wear, when you hear a golf ball ping, especially yeah. with these great, great players, you hear it ping. Mm. You heard that with the great footballs you played against. Yeah. They they hit the ball at in the right area, and you would hear that ball just like, Khush, mm. Khush, you know, and you knew, first thing you said to yourself, well, it's caught that right. Yeah. You know, and when you're playing in games, you, you think that this is a ball. And what I mean, this is a ball. I mean, this is a right, This is a pass. you could going to see. This is going to be a killer pass. Yeah. And, and nine times out of ten, when they struck the ball, you know, it was on target. Mm-hmm. And you would say seven out of the ten, it would a goal. Yeah. But even when it either if it went wide or went over, the keeper made a save. You knew that that player, that great player, had, had hit the ball. And you think to yourself, how they time it all the time consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, to to be able to do that, it is an art, and they would they they are what you call the world geniuses and the world great great players.
1: You do realise and recognise that you're in the presence of genius, genius. with some yeah. of those players, and uh, I have got it in my hand, Diego Maradona, the DVD. Uh, rest in peace, genius, sir, icon, mm-hmm. legend, and ditto, uh, Georgie Best. Two peas of the same pod, God. and I tell you what, heaven's going to get a great football team up there, isn't it? It's either
0: that or the bars will be open. There's one thing oh. be no, uh, I'm looking for, uh, not pandemic, Pandemic. <laughs> there'll be no places close, uh, where they're living. I guarantee you, one element they'll, enjo- they'll be out enjoying themselves, uh, no social distancing. They wouldn't believe in anything like that. They they'll just go and grace uh, whatever they're going to be doing up there. And uh, I hope they're going to be enjoying themselves.
1: They both say so, social distance. That's what defenders <laughs> did to me every time I walked <laughs> on a football pitch.
0: <laughs> well, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have done that. If they got close to him and kicked him up if they could. But you're right. The only problem was they were too great uh, for him to uh, stop uh, more often than not.
1: Absolutely, TC. I think the only thing, the only feature that we can go into now, um, talking about two of the greatest players ever to grace a football pitch, is the magic moments. So what have you sourced for us this week, TC?
0: Now you're putting me off now because I, I put everything down. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, the two games i watch watched, because I've got Bobby Donner in my head. Yeah. And I still can't get it out of my head, if I'm honest. You know, I still don't believe that, you know, he's died. We know yeah. his lifestyle and things like that. But what was the goal? Um, the Man United goal, James's, right? I
1: didn't see that last night. I was watching a DVD, which I'm going to be talking about a little bit later in the podcast and the book that's out. But we're going to leave that for Book Corner, another well, regular feature.
0: It wasn't just that. but the, the, I was watching all the Champions uh, League, League highlights. Yeah. Right. Um, and the movement, because it was only finishing a, finish a, a, a tapping, yeah. right? But some of the some of the movement from Manchester United with these young lads, and I was very impressed with the Dutch lad. I forgot his name now. Van Beek. Uh, mid, yes, Van der Beek. midfield player. Yeah. But the movement for that goal, where James scored, was absolutely. I love to see things like that. I love to see people go go past. The reason why. I didn't see any of the Champions League, but what I what I do do is I'll I'll, I'll catch up and look at the Champions League highlights. Um, you're going to laugh when I tell you this. I I watched the Grimsby Crawley game last night, and I watch it. No, but I watch it for a purpose because yeah, now you do. do. In, yeah. Then I look to see what you know what he has to do to go into that team and things like like that. Um, and I watched that game last night, and I'm thinking to myself, well, what am I doing watching this game of football? <laughs> I'm putting myself through one of the most agonising 90 minutes I'm going to watch, yeah. right? Um, so that's what I watched last night. And it was such, such a bad game of football, mm-hmm. you know. I thought to myself, I don't believe it. Um, but there's a couple of highlights, some things, but it just gone out of my head now because of this Diego Mamadonna thing. But that was that, that that was the main one, was the uh, the movement of the Man United and, and the performance of... Um, fernandez at uh, man united great player but, but things will come back to me what i was looking at this morning and I, I, if i if i do remember him i will uh pick up on the second one but uh, it was those it was those things but this little thing is it's not a little thing it's a major thing this with, with this maradona it, it's thrown me off of, well we weren't even going to talk about anything like this were we and it's we spent half an hour just talking about Madonna.
1: Yeah, absolutely. you so, see, so, I mean, I was working away today, and the news come through, and I was absolutely, absolutely gutted. I mean, we were going to talk about George, because um, it's just Christina's. one second.
0: Just one second. The other bit was it was in that game, yeah. And I have seen other things. There was a a back heel by Fernandez, uh, and it was absolutely sublime. You might, if you get a chance to see it, it was before the first goal. You know. And uh, the moment and the ball came to him, and I'm thinking, back here and he did. Yeah. And but when, if you when you see it, it it's a sublime piece of uh, skill. Yeah. But you'll have to look at the highlights and uh, it, brilliant to watch. Brilliant to watch. Whether you're Man United, I look at it. I look at it. I want to see things what other players can't do or don't even think about doing. So that was that was the other one.
1: Absolutely. That's why I watch football and that's why I love football. I don't like to watch games where there's nothing going on. No player tries to do anything. It's just pass, pass, save, save. No risk football. I kind of turn it off because I get bored of it. I like to be entertained when I'm watching football. My magic moments, TC, Liverpool? Yes, I thought they were absolutely magnificent. Leicester were moaning, or Brendan Rodgers were moaning, because it was all about how many injuries Liverpool have had, and Leicester have had a lot. Look, you know, get over it, Brendan. All clubs do have injuries. Whoever you are, you're not going to get the column space, inches, and TV, airtime, radio, airtime, that Liverpool and Manchester United get, because they're a bigger club. It's just the way it is, and I think that all all us football fans have to appreciate that, that, you know, there's more Liverpool fans, there's more Manchester United fans, there's more Celtic fans. I'm just touching on the DVD, but they reckon that there's between them three clubs, there's two billion supporters worldwide. You know, yeah. they're huge and, huge. and that's not surprising, is it? No, but they're huge, huge. So, Club, again, yeah. it's not surprising that they get the column inches because... It's just the way it is.
0: Do you know what disappoints me? We we we, we the managers. Yeah, with, go on. And the and the media. They don't talk about players or team performance or goals. They will show certain things, hmm. but everything is out now about is either VAR or yeah. injuries. Yeah. Yet they've all got these play. They've all got thirty odd players in the squads. Well, they can't have 50-odd pens in the scores. They can only have 25
1: can't they? But why don't they, TC? Because they've got that amount. Why don't they say, OK, you're going to pick up injuries. We We know what's going on. We're not stupid. We're trying to squeeze a few more games into a season that's already congested. But you do invent different, like... Leagues like nation leagues and, and international yeah, friendlies and exactly. that so you know you, you 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 you're not you don't help but yourself.
0: I don't think, that, I, don't think that, I don't think that's their fault though. That, no, yeah, that no, I don't think but it, I know it where is you're a, Yeah, from, I don't yeah. think it's a football
1: player or the football manager, but it is the football industry that creates yes. all these situations. Yeah. So you know you've got to get over it. So instead of having twenty five in your squad,
0: why don't you have 30 in your squad this season? Well, whatever the. What, what, in other words, mm. they are stopping people from working. Yeah, extension when squad. you think about it. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, they're stopping because you, you can only have 25 in your squad. No, yeah, of course they are. yeah. You, you should, every player whatsoever at that football club should be be allowed to play if picked 100% by the manager. Hundred
1: percent agree. You know, I don't know why they have to name a squad of players on a match day. Pick from listen, it, anybody, anybody else what, you've got.
0: Anybody if anybody took that to court like Bosman, yeah. the, the Bosnian guy did for mm-hmm. the Bosnian ruling, they'd yeah. win the case. They'd mm-hmm. win because they're stopping people playing football. Because it's easy for the manager, well I can't play because we're gonna have twenty five in the squad. Yeah. But what I was trying to say about all these managers when they talk they're making any excuse. Yeah, They, they, do, they yeah. never talk about the game. Yeah. And I mean I listened to Holloway speak about uh, blaming Covid for the team's performances this. this what season. position did he play? No, I'm on, about,
1: I'm on about the manager. Of, no, the, no, but 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 again, what I'm saying to you, just to interrupt you, TV you, oh. say, what position did COVID play? Well, COVID yes, has talk, played yeah, yeah. no has played no part in in your ability or inability for your players to either play
0: or not play football. Well, when you when, they, when listen. Covid is a problem. I yeah. get that oh, I because get, the, games, the games, the games, the games don't seem to be the same without fans in in the ground. It just shows you how important fans fans are. Agreed. There's more games one been won this year uh, away from home than at any other time in football. Yeah. Right. But what what he's forgiving, I and mean, he's not forgiving, he's, he's taking he's taking the execute of the, the team's performances away. Yeah. Uh, from. At times How poor they've been I mean I watched them Against the champion It was very Very poor In fact When it were two I, I, I wrote I that This could be six Yeah Right It's the same For everybody Absolutely When I said The problems Is the same The clubs Is not the same Because the, Different clubs Have got different Types of players And got Different types Of money yeah. uh, To buy these players But You know At that level Of football You can't You cannot Blame uh, Covid because Tranmere have uh, 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 produced a performance Correct. to beat you five nil, so and I'm not going to go all the way. I'm just telling you that is a lot. A lot of these football people, yep. they're making excuses yep. 100%. for for either bad performance by the players or bad team selections by the managers. You know why they look for the excuses? Sometimes you've got to turn around. Hang on a bit. Tranmere were better than us. Yep. Hang on a bit. Uh, Liverpool were better than us. And Manchester City. Uh, were poor today and just said they were poor, end off. Yeah. You know, but they don't they make excuses and that's what I don't like about football.
1: And let's be honest, I mean Trammer, it wasn't long ago, they were in the conference. You no. know, they're they're developing their their football club and they're 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 playing stuff. So well, you know good
0: luck to them. Exactly. But when you when you look at that, mm-hmm. when you say that, don't forget Tramir have been in the championship. Oh absolutely not, yeah. far, not, not too far distance ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been bad management. What's taking them out of the football league? They've got yep. back in again. Yep. But I mean, I mean, they've got some good experienced players. And to be honest, I, I was being, I was impressed with them. It's not great football at that level. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I was impressed with them with the performance. But you can turn around and say, Oh, well, they look bad? No, mm. Tranmere. they look bad. Yeah, and Tramia, you know.
1: very unlucky when the season was stopped, and then they. They looked at all the results and projected where they believed that the teams would be. Tranmere did miss out on the, uh, the the playoffs. Where had the season yes. had progressed and played to its full? They probably or they may have got into the playoffs because yeah. they were one of the best sides, wasn't they? Exactly. The
0: it's an hypothetical question, yeah, but you're 100 percent right. Mm. You know, if anybody, if, you, if if that, if you've got a time to talk about uh, making excuses, yeah. That, 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 now that is a proper excuse yeah, because of COVID. The COVID stopped them, 100%. where they may have, may yeah. have got a promotion, they may not have done. They might have, might not have finished in the uh, yeah. top six, whatever it is at that level, uh, to qualify and, and, and get into the playoffs. But that is a, a genuine excuse they that they could complain about. Yeah, I'm going to build over the football league to say, well, we wouldn't have got this number of points. Mm. You know, because you know as well as I do that his teams would have a run towards end of the season. Off, you yeah. wouldn't think, but where'd they come from, them? Yeah. You know, I remember Barthes doing that uh, under Paul they were yeah. When he took over, they were at bottom at Lee. He got them into, the I think, they were one of those jump, one of them Sophie's things, what they, they play at that level. Yeah. And they got promoted. Yeah. You know, and uh, Christmas, and that was Christmas time, when he took over, they were in the bottom three. So you just never know, do you? You never
1: know. You don't. Football is a funny game. We'll never really work it out. Remember Roy Keane when Sunderland got promoted? I think they lost their first four games, didn't they? And, and yeah. then Keane, I think Keane come in and... Uh, I think they went on a magnificent unbeaten run And, and run away with, with the league and, and football clubs you're right It's about getting the right manager at the right time And things click into place Sometimes things don't click into place But what does click into place TC Is um, Harland So when you're looking at the Champions oh. League Watch him he, I've just posted up on my Facebook account He is a goal machine He could be the greatest goal scorer of all time The way that he's going He's certainly the quickest to, what is it, $15 in the last, now?
0: In the last seven games, he's I'm not, not sure whether it's it. the last seven games he's played yeah. or the last seven games he scored 12 goals. Now, yeah. 30 million quid. Mm. We talk about that as though, now we're talking about that now as, as though it means nothing. Yeah. Because Man United's got him. He's got Man United. Mm. They don't sign him for whatever reason, whether it's Iola what they were blaming. Yep. Uh, but now, what's he going to cost a football club? What's he going to cost Barcelona? What or, would you or, What would you
1: put on his head? What well, bounty would you put on his head? TC? Well, the the bounty,
0: and I'm only saying this because it's it's how the modern my, market is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for that type of goal scorer now to go to a Real Madrid, you're looking at 200 million quid. Yeah, I agree. You know. Yeah. Is it? You know, has he got that technical ability like a Maradona? No, but what he has got, he not, he's got great skill, pace, and his finishing is yeah. absolutely. I mean, the best one I saw is Jimmy Greaves. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's the best I've seen since Jimmy Greaves as a goal scorer. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal. Yeah, every time it always looks as though he's going to. He's never always going to score, but he always looks as though he's going to. He's, he's, he's going to score a goal. And at least he is the
1: target, don't he? 100%. And I've, I've watched him a few times because I do like to watch Borussia Dortmund. And it's not because Jude Bellingham has gone to Borussia. It's because of Julian. Oh, by the way, Julian what, a great
0: goal, what a great goal he scored, um, Sancho. Oh, I mean, I that free, football, kick. The free kick quality, wasn't you know? it? But, you see, I Madonna, my Madonna day and it's just thrown me off of things what I'd put in my head for today to speak about.
1: Oh, absolutely. But, I, I mean, I've watched him loads of times, Ireland, and I've thought, you know what, you need to improve on your first touch. You need to improve on your finishing. Because there are a few times where he scuffed it. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him, ultra-critical, and just thinking, mate, if your first touch was as good as Diego Maradona, if every time you did shoot you at the target, you'd be scoring seventy goals every season. It's unbelievable it, the positions it, that kid gets in. Is he's only a kid? Exactly. It's he's incredible is, that What is he twenty,
0: twenty-one?
1: I think he's about twenty, yeah, nineteen twenty. No, he's certainly the youngest ever to have reached, I think, what is it, fifteen Champions League goals. I mean that Earth of Berlin game where um, and Sancho scored a brilliant free kick. He scored four goals. Matthias have... Kuna scored two for Berlin, by the way. And Kuna's <laughs> first goal was a great goal. And and the the, the manager of Earth of Berlin, when he scored his fourth, he just looks up to the Evans as if say like, you've sent him down, haven't
0: you? <laughs> this is the problem that other teams have because I've played in teams, some teams where managers gone so they're concentrating on him instead of concentrating on on the uh, own team and the own players. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going off the subject this is what I'm trying to say about mm. how important it is to have the right manager. Yeah. You take one action. We dealt with uh, Eddie Cantona for the uh, Kung Fu kick in uh, Crystal Palace. Who's that, Fergie? My team, yes, fergus Ferguson, how we handled that scenario. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. My team got relegated in 2000, right? Yeah. Yes, the team weren't good, Yes, they're having problems, but my team got relegated because Danny Wilson could not handle Paolo Di Can- Canio. Yeah. Yes, Di Canio shouldn't have done what he did to shove the to, to shove the uh, referee over, but the referee made uh, much more out of it than than, than what it was. Hundred percent. Right. We released him and without without a doubt. If he if Danny would have handled, and I know Danny quite well. Yeah. Lovely, lovely bloke. And it, what I'm trying to say is. If Danny handled that situation or that scenario better than he did, hmm. De Canio would have got us at least another 10 points that season. Make no mistake. Yeah. Right? And that's how important certain players are to football clubs. And that's why you need a manager what can handle these type of players. And going back to Ireland, you're 100% right. it, it Whatever he does, it's a goal machine. Yeah. He's a complete goal machine. Yeah. And he doesn't look like having a bad patch, does he? <laughs> no,
1: not from what I've seen of him. No. Yeah, well, you see, he's, he's just like, incredible. Like
0: huh? And he's like, like you say, he's like lightning quick. He, he,
1: he just looks the best forward goal scorer. And I, I don't mean inside forwards, I mean actual central striker that hits a target and scores. Uh, the, the best goal scorer in uh, in, in the modern age <laughs> one from the vault TC talking about great goal scorers my next My 70s podcast is
0: with Malcolm McDonald oh brilliant yes yeah, another one absolutely but when you when you look at Malcolm not just Malcolm when you look at anybody when you look at this kid here it looks always like on a different plate as goal scorers yeah you know and what I was going to say then uh, about and we'll come back to Malcolm in in, in, a, in a minute yeah um, and I'll tell you a, a true story about Malcolm. Two true stories about Malcolm. Um, the thing with Ireland, he's got have me my bloody head now, what I was going to say about him. Oh, if you if you put Ireland in Liverpool, yep. would it work? I'm sure it would work.
1: I know what you're but saying. The, but, yeah. but
0: the three, the movements of those three they have at Liverpool yep. is a different type of way of, of Ireland. But he, this kid's a gold machine. Yep. So yes... It's an hypothetical question, but yes, um, it's...
1: Um, it's all it's a, football, it's, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. the way that the game is. You keep you thinking, can tell, Malcolm. You can tell with
0: certain players, oh, where they're going to go, that's what we're trying to get out Absolutely. Anyway, going back to Supermarket, like you were saying, is uh, one of the first things I remember about Malcolm McDonald, he'd got this little red um, sports car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Saint James's Park, the, the part of the cars just in there. We pulled up, up with a bus, uh, Doncaster Rovers. We played him in a, a Elite Cup, a League Cup game. No um, the beat, the beat is five, either five or six. Frank Clark played in that, and then I played with Frank at Notts Forest. Yeah. Not too long after, uh, and th- that was the first time I played up at Saint James's Park, and the atmosphere well. Unbelievable, the ground were bouncing, you know, but they were scoring goal after goal after goal. But he got this red sports car, and um, when he got out of it, obviously he pressed the button for the uh, electric uh, top to come up because it was a convertible. Yeah. You know, and you know. When you play against these players and you're only a young kid, you you think to yourself, I'm going to have one of them one of these days, yep. you know. And the other one, and the other incident uh, about Malcolm, I I had a transport cafe on on the A1, and he came into the he uh, came into uh, the cafe,
1: yeah.
0: And he looked down and, and everything about him, he looked as though he'd not shaved and followed a little yeah. bit. And uh, I got talking to him. And I offered him a drink, and then he, he was telling me he'd just been ripped off for a load of money. He'd set up a one of these talking um, phone line things, yeah, and he'd been he'd been ripped off for a lot of money. And mm-hmm. then he, I think, he moved back up to Newcastle, where he knew uh, he'd got more chance of getting back on his feet, you know. But uh, great goal, great goal scorer, and a nice man. I always found him a, a very nice man, uh, Malcolm McDonald. A blistering pace, by the way. Did you know he? You know he set out as a full-back? Yeah, he did. Yeah, left back. He yeah, set out as a left back.
1: Yeah, it was at Fulham. There's, uh, I've, I've just been listening to a podcast with that uh, Motti meets Super Mac, and uh, it was, it's a fantastic. Yeah. Listen, I've, I just ask this I've question: did, it, yeah.
0: did, 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 Fulham release him? I think they gave him a three, a three.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. They um, did. No, uh, Luton. There was a connection with management. Bobby Robson had been sacked. Malcolm was in the reserves at Fulham, very unhappy. Uh, word gets out as it does with connections at football clubs, and um, Luton then come in and, and took Malcolm McDonald. But he was he was playing, he was scoring goals for for Fulham's reserves. I thought he I thought it was when he went to Luton they converted him. But no, he, he did score goals at uh, at Fulham with Bobby Robson, but Bobby got the sack. And yeah. um, that's what happened to Malcolm. But when he made his Liverpool, his Newcastle debut, I mean, Pat Howard, I've done it in my 70s with Pat, and Pat said, fastest yeah. fastest player I've ever seen play football. Malcolm was was different class. But um, he, he scored three goals on his home debut, which he debuted with Pat Howard and Terry Hibbert against Liverpool. And when he scored his second goal, he said it... It's something that, that re, he endeared himself to the uh, the Geordie faithful. And they were singing, uh, Super Mac, Superstar, how many goals have you scored so far? And then far, he scored him yeah. another goal. Yeah. And, and that's it. And it's some, again, time and place, TC, absolutely loved. And it was the right time and right place for Super oh, Mac and Newcastle.
0: Newcastle was obviously a, a great move for Malcolm because yeah. it, it took him on to that next level of football. But going back to the fastest in football they used to do uh, they used to do a thing up in scotland All right. where they where they used to have all the footballers what uh, would compete against each other in hundred yard uh, i'm not sure if it was still about or we're just coming to end when i were playing yeah right uh, but mcdonald Mac- uh, it would always class that mcdonald was was the fastest player in england at that time but when they went up to, to up to uh, scotland who Won Who won those races, what a kid called Stevie Kindon. Yeah, Kindon was
1: he was lightning, yeah, yeah. And I'm
0: not saying, I'm not saying, I don't know how far he won with, but Stevie Kindon was like grease lightning, and I mean grease lightning.
1: I am going to do a my 70s with Kindo as well because he was at Wolverhampton, he was at Burnley. Played at Uddersfield as well, one of your former clubs, Kindo. Well, when you when
0: you when you speak to when you speak to um, Kindo, I was at a do, and um, he didn't know I was in, he didn't know I was in there until later on, and he, and he mentioned me in a um, in a um, one of his lines, and what it was that um, Bill McGow he said. Oh, that way he didn't know I was in there and then somebody told him I was in there and he said that was it he said uh, there's a guy in here tonight uh, called Terry Cohen he said you'll have all the Nottingham Forest and and, um, and everything that they won and they got some great players there John Roberts and Trevor Francis and all that he says but when i would play for Wolves he said uh, our manager Bill McGarry only ever ever man marked five players mm. Right, he said uh, Tony Curry was one, Liam Brady was the other one, uh, Trevor Francis was the other one. I'm trying to think who the other one was, uh, Stan Bowles was the other one, and the other one was Terry Curran. So, I mean, I never knew that. Yeah, right, but so when if you talk to him, you ask him about that.
1: Yeah, well you ask him
0: you ask him about that. That
1: is fine company that you're in, TC. And I wouldn't doubt it for one minute because you were every inch as good as any footballer that i ever play football.
0: Play, my problem was going to play third-division football yeah, was. Yeah, but you're I, never going sheffield get. You're never going to get the recognition playing at that level.
1: But if me and you were mates and I was your agent and I says, TC, you can't. Bally said to you, stay at yeah. Southampton. My dad TC, don't, TC, don't go. You'd have still gone. I will, You'd I will, have go, still I gone.
0: Listen. I was playing really, I just started I to know. play like I did at Forest. I'd, yeah. I'd ripped Wolves apart, I'd ripped Kevin apart at the Dell. We yeah. beat them 2-0, Everton. Um, everything I was doing was just coming back. Yeah. Uh, and it was silly to go and drop down two, two leagues, but it was an opportunity I didn't want to miss. And I know it's wrong. It would never happen today because of the money side of it nowadays, yeah. would it? You know what I mean? But fans,
1: that would never happen. Fans always say, "Oh, I'd, I'd play for my club for nothing." No, no, you wouldn't, because when you're
0: a professional not many, footballer, listen, not many would have do what I did. No, when you're I'm, a not, pro- saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm yeah. saying not many would have done it. Yeah, but when you're a, a professional if footballer, any. you have
1: to do what's best for you and forget. Your allegiance to any football club, because you know they soon forget their allegiance to you. So it's a it's a two way street, in my opinion. And if I was a player, and knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have any allegiance to any football club the way that they they treat well, them.
0: Well, you see, the thing is, and I left, right, and when what when I left, me and Jack were arguing about we really should have gone up. I told him to sign three players. He asked me a question, and yeah. I gave him three players to sign. It's funny because, and I'm not saying there were the three players, but two of them were. Mm. And I tell, Howard, I tell Howard Wilkinson, Howard Wilkinson come in when I left before Jack and then Jack left the following season. Howard Wilkinson come in and, and, and signed these three players. Yep. Not the three players I said. Yep. He signed three players and they got promoted. Yep. Right? Uh, I, I'd asked for 11,000, which wasn't a lot of money. I got more money at Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. And I could have gone to Newcastle United for 150,000 cash in my, you know, in my hand. Yeah. And that is a fact. That's, mm. I'm not bothered what anybody else thinks. I'm not everybody else thinks I'm, I'm kidding. That is a fact. Arthur Cox is still alive today. And he was the one who offered me it. Yep. Right? Um, and I wanted Jack to pay the 11000 on me, uh, on my...
1: Uh, was for the night? Not 11000
0: want Wanted to pay the tax on my $11,000. Yep. And he said no. And then he offered me it. I went to late then. He yep. put me in an awkward position. You know... Uh, but if i'd have known the way I jack played and i love jack i will never knock him as a mm. person absolutely fabulous to be with fun you know always right but now i would imagine i'm always right think i'm always right mm-hmm. but i just did not like the way I, we played football and i always found it strange the way our league united played yeah right but jack always wanted to ball away from your back from the goals, he always wanted the ball as far away from because that that was Jack's philosophy. If if he's not in and around our box, uh, they can't score, and I get that. If he's not in and around your box, there's no chance of scoring, have there? You know, so that that's the only thing what uh, why I left Sheffield Wednesday. But if you notice, I love Sheffield and all. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to stay in Sheffield, and mm. it was the wrong thing to do. Uh, but I weren't there long enough at United, so. That's life and that's football and there's little things I wish wouldn't have happened in my life and but it, they've only been injuries nothing else nothing else.
1: Back to the seven, back to the seventies, TC, which is another regular feature that we're going to be introducing into the podcast. And uh, guys, you can follow the podcast on the socials, uh, Facebook, The Current View, um, Terry Curran uh, Official on Facebook. And on Twitter at Current View, and our, our group, join our group as well, the Current View group. So back to the seventies, and you reference the game against Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm going to give you a couple of newspaper clipping headlines. Current adds a new punch. Current runs rings round Wolves. Busy Current and Freedom fight at Current you did have one
0: hell of a game against the Yam Yams. I did. and But, but, but I did when I was playing for Forest. Yeah. Jeff Barmer were the were, were one of the full backs. And what was it The blonde parking Derek Parking. Parking. Most was appearances
1: like. ever for a Wolverhampton Wanderers footballer next to Kenny Abbey.
0: And that I mean Luton but it wasn't just them. I mean, Ipswich I always ran, ran Ipswich and yeah. they were a top team. Yeah. You know, uh Man United, I've only ever been beaten there once and that was an off day with Derby County. You know, we got we got hammered, we got beat four one that game. Yeah. But I still played all right mm-hmm. uh, in that game. But that wolves were another team where I used to I used to run them ragged uh, Wolves. whatever played at Forest and at Southampton, you know. The, the Wolves fans have really appreciated me and they used to were, I remember you used to go into the bar and you used to flock around me and, and ask me for my autograph and you yeah. used to say to me what a player you are you know mm-hmm. and things like that you do appreciate you know because they give you a stick but as soon as you come off the pitch you want know, the, the, the first to come up the away fans are the first to come up and say to you you know I enjoy watching you play today now, was that the game that you
1: played for Southampton yes. against Jim McCalliog? Because there there, are a, no. a few photographs of you and Jim. Or yes. was that a little bit earlier? Because Jim had no, gone no, by no, then, hadn't know.
0: No, Jim, that one, that was for Forrest. Uh, that game, um, Nottingham Forest, I was playing for Forest against Southampton with Jim McCalliog.
1: Right, gotcha, yep.
0: Right, um, and David Peach. Uh, was their left back. Yeah. Right. But one or two fans wrote on that, one uh, on the wall and said, it's one of the best games. One of the best performers I've seen from a player to give David Peets a chasing. Yeah. Can you remember when I said to you when I first signed for Southampton? Yeah. Ball, I got this black leather jacket on and a pair of light blue jeans on and I walked in, first thing Ball, said to me, he said, where's your motorbike? And I just said to him outside and he just started laughing. <laughs> And then he said to me, he "says that's one of the best performances I've ever seen. Anybody give David Pe- uh, David Peach uh, D- David Peach a chasing? Yeah, you know. So um, absolutely, that 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 gave me Jim McAlliog. We beat uh, we beat him or we drew, but we got promoted that year. But the one with Wolves, what th- those headlines? I was playing for Southampton. That's right. Yeah, we we won three two. We won three two at the Dell.
1: What's your vivid memories of of that game in seventy eight? Because there's a wonderful Southampton uh group Saints archive, and that they're, they're always Julie's always putting wonderful pictures of you and evoking such great memories. So what what's your vivid memories of uh, that game in seventy eight T C against Wolverhampton Wanderers?
0: Well. well it's... Not only just that game, I mean the semi final against, the two semi final against Leeds, a quarter final against West Brom, and I just started to play really well. Yeah. I mean, when you first get into a club, you've got to settle in. I, I, to be honest, I weren't too bad at settling in, and uh, I were picking balls up of money. Ball you were saying to me, just keep doing that, just keep doing that, and yeah. then he said, I'll fit you as much as I can. He says, you're ripping them apart. Yeah. So, um, and when you get somebody watching the a World Cup and saying things like that to you on a football, field, yeah. you know, you said to, you think to yourself, you know, I've I've made it to you. and what I mean by medit, I don't mean oh, I don't have to work out, I don't have to do this. I'm getting these type of people saying to me, yeah. you know, what a wonderful player you are, you know, and it's great to watch it because you know I was ripping people apart at that time. I just started to be played, and again when I think about it now. Maybe it was a wrong thing to do because when you have ripping the best apart, that's when people recognise you, don't they? Yeah. But I, no, I can't knock my career. I've had a fantastic career, absolutely fantastic career. Played yeah. with some great players and be bought and be bought by the, arguably the best five managers of my generation and two others what tried to sign me, which were Ron Atkinson for Man United and, and done at Arsenal. So... I can't ask for anything better than that, uh, Gabby, can you? You No, I remember watching you two, so you were superb. I've
1: always said that about you. Um, and I think you're right. Had you not gone to Sheffield Wednesday, I think you 100% would have played for England. But that's by the by, and we, we can't change that. Your teammates at Southampton, memories of those. Malcolm's on the uh, on the group yeah. as well. Um, Malcolm was one of your teammates there. Did Phil well, Boyer play in those days? He did, yeah. didn't he?
0: The team, then, the team then was uh, Terry Geno, Good goalie. Ivan Golak. Yeah. Ivan Golak. Good player. Um, David, David Peach. I keep wanting to call him David Plead now. I don't know why. Depeacher. David Peach. Malcolm and um, Chris Nichol. Yeah. Bally Stevie Williams. Yep. Ted McDoodle. Phil Boyer. Me and Nicky Holmes. That's a decent team, well, is Listen, we, I mean, I, I left just after the League Cup final, that was the Southampton's first 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 season back in, yeah. and to get to a cup final, and finish eighth or tenth or something like that, mm. it, it was a great season for them. And we got to quarter final of the FA Cup that year when when Ars- when Arsenal beat Man United in the final. We nearly knocked Arsenal out. And you got Dave, a David Price. We were winning one 0 with about ten minutes to go. Terry Geno has pushed the ball onto the goals. It's ran right across the crossbar. The back post. So I'm talking about the it's It's down where the dressing rooms were, mm. where you'd come out at uh, the Dell. So they equalize in that goal, and it is it, at the near post towards the dressing room, it's ran right across. I mean, it's easy for him because he's, all he's got to do is tap it into an empty net. Ten times I'd that ball, when he tipped it, it would have gone over the crossbar. It's, it's tip tipped and it's just gone, and it's landed on the crossbar and rolled right across. Yeah. And then it's dropped out this side of the goal, not the other side of the goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He could have gone behind the goal for a goal kick or a corner kick. And he's dropped at this side and he's tapped it in. So, uh, fantastic memories. And when, I mean, I look at some players there. Steve Williams, Malcolm Waldron, Graham Baker, Trevor Hubert All these look like, I mean, Graham went for about 350000 to Manchester City. Yeah. You know, Stevie Williams went to Arsenal. I don't I can't remember what uh, price Good player um, um he went to Arsenal mm. for. Trevor Herbert, Trevor Herbert, one another. And we had Austin Nealy, who who who's de- who died who's yeah. die- who's dead now, is is like... these were all good players coming through. And yeah. when I when you want to think about Southampton, I look at them players then mm. it's not just then they've produced they some well other players, haven't they? Yeah, they have great you f- know, a great Bell. football club it and it hadn't had producer football as that club. And when you were saying well, that it's in seventy eight you know,
1: yeah. I mean seventy six I got to the FA Cup final and, and won it and you yeah. know they got uh, Mick, Sh- yeah, Mick Shannon Yeah, Mick and um and Jim McAliog obviously played in that team and Well Jim so- Jim didn't play the ball. What uh, Bobby Stokes scored the goal? Yeah, he did. But he played an even better one for Mick Shannon in the first half, where he put backspin. But uh, Mick didn't score, but but Bobby did. But again, a team in transition. So you know, Laurie was always looking to bring in players, and you know whether his managerial skills. Were... I got no, no.
0: Look, yeah. I got I got myself in it is what with Laurie. Yeah, he did something to me. You know they're trying to belittle you and, the, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought well i'll show you mm. but then the sheffield wednesday came in so I, I was even more determined yeah you know i should have showed him he said right i'll make sure you don't try and do that to me again mm. but i don't I, I didn't like what he did i didn't like what he did to one or two of the young lads and yeah. all and day. his record at southampton because they're never going to win major league titles and everything but they come close to nearly only one in the league. They won the FA Cup. They got him to the uh, League Cup final. So his record at Southampton is very good. And as a person, he's not a bad person. I, yeah. I will say that. It just, you know, I got myself in it in, 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 more than anybody because I, I could not, I could shook things off. But it really upset me in the sense. how how he tried to belittle me sometimes, you know, and where I came from, that type of thing. And yeah. I, I didn't like that.
1: And beyond the lens, TC, when we look at a a photograph of you through your playing career, your Saints debut versus Norwich City at Carrow Road. A lovely picture, and you've put lots of pictures on your personal uh, Facebook account, Terry Curran. We then put them on to... The, uh, the group and your official page as well. And that lovely one there of your debut, Martin Chivers, and I can't for the life of me remember who the other Norwich City player is. But uh, some great uh, memories uh, and some great pictures.
0: Oh, I've told you this once before. You know yeah. when you get people like Jimmy Greaves? Yeah. George Best. Norman Hunter. Yeah. Eddie Gray. Uh, Frank Gray. Uh, players at Ipswich. Mm-hmm uh walk at ipswich um all these top players have come to me and said to me husband everton i mean we just before my time round about ball time right they came to me and said to me what a player you are you know i'll take if anything else i'll take that out of football mm-hmm. yeah because we ask any player when other players tell you you can play football it means a lot of that to you as a player so you no know, the great memories um Southampton was a fabulous football club and a fabulous place to live. Yeah, it is a beautiful place to live. And still you got know. a bit
1: of Wembley's turf there, hasn't it, in your
0: old house? Well, no, 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 I took it. I, I picked it. up I took it from there. Oh, right. And I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. It's in, unless they've li- relayed the lawn. Oh, I right. put it in. I put it in my house down Wheatshaw Lane. It could have. <laughs> I wonder if they realise you ought to knock on the door and say, "Can I mm. have me a bit of Wembley back?" Well, I don't know whether. They may have relaid the lawn at some yeah. point. I don't know, but that's um, where I—that's where I, I put it. Um, I, I took it out of uh, the house in um, Eastleigh because I lived in Eastleigh. Me. Yeah. And I, I took it from there and uh, put it in the um, in my garden. It could have there. All down Wheat right.
1: Lane. And they've got a team in the conference as well, haven't they, Eastley? Eastleigh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Tom's saying to me, where's Eastleigh? I said, I don't know. Southampton. I think Southampton. it's you, we had a look, and it's, it's down there. Book corner, TC, we've got to um, give a mention to uh, a few books that I'm, I'm looking at and presently, re- uh, currently reading, The Three Kings. By Leo Monaghan and Johnny Owen, I'm doing another. I'm doing another podcast, My Life, um, not My Life, My Music. That's the one I do with Udo, but a chapter of My Life with Johnny Owen, who has just done a wonderful DVD that's come out, and it features the Three Kings, Busby, Shankly, and Steen, and briefly, and I took probably 5 seconds to do my top five british managers of my lifetime who would yours be
0: well those three without any without any question of doubt yeah. when, you know they were icons um when i was when I, when i was a kid when these guys were managing uh, and you'd want to play for them you know you used to think that i'd like to play for them when when you're playing so uh, but obviously uh, cluffy puffy has yep. got to be in there. Dom Red before what he did up at Leeds. Harry Katrick what he did at Sheffield Wednesday and um, and Everton. So Bob Paisley in recent years and also they they were the ones you know what um, made you want to what made you want to be or want to play for a certain club. You think this, I'd like to play for him, you know. But uh, they they were the ones uh, I liked.
1: Yeah, a big fan of of Big Run myself as no, well. No, Big
0: Run, yeah. Sorry. And big Howard,
1: Ron. I think Howard's been one of the most unluckiest football managers uh, in in this country. Because when you guys won the league, we were banned from Europe, so we never really got to see how fantastic Everton could have been in Europe. The most and...
0: successful manager in the history.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Howard.
0: Yeah. So you can say he was only lucky that we. Could, it, but he it didn't. Um... He couldn't compete for the European Cup. I'm not saying he would have won it, but make no mistake, that team were good enough to win it. They were good enough to win it. So, I see where you're coming from from the Europe side of it. But he will, he should go down. Everton's greatest ever manager because not only did they play have, have some good players, they played some great football.
1: I think Bill Nicholson needs. Uh, yeah, a, a, one. a shout as well for what he done with the yeah. uh, the, the double, and obviously uh, Fergie. Fergie's got to be up there. So my five were Busby, Shankly, Clough, Steen and Fergie in no fixed order. Another load of books that we're going to be briefly talking about. All Crazy Now by David Tossell that comes out in February. I'm going to be doing a podcast with, with David. Kay Surratt, Surratt, All Crazy Now by the way. It's about the 1970s and football in the 1970s. I always say the golden age, the golden decade of football, because I think it's the greatest era, the greatest decade that I've seen growing up and watching the great game. K sera, sera by Wayne Barton, another book that's um, going to be in my library soon, which is looking at the... Manchester United years when Dave Sexton and Big Ron was in charge of Manchester United. So another podcast with him. Brazil 1982 by Stuart Orsfield. I've got that book here by my. Guarantee that one. Oh, Best yeah. team to win a World Cup
0: then.
1: Absolutely, and I tell you what, the book it's lovely. It's just in a wonderful cover. You open it up and celebration when they beat Argentina in '82. That was a well, game that Maradona got sent off.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. I remember that one, yes. Yeah. And, and there will soon be having I mean, another one to be able to talk about, because I'm hoping that uh, we've not got too uh, long now before I finish my second book, and that will be called Give Me the Ball. So Who uh, give you that title to, you so?
1: You did. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said in every dressing room and every time you go, give me the ball, give me the ball, yeah. give me the ball. So that, looking, we, will it be out by Christmas? Do you think, or just after?
0: No, uh, it'll be it'll be after it'll be after Christmas. Uh, obviously, with all this COVID and everything else, having to get up to meet people and yeah. everything, and um, we was hoping to get it out before Christmas, uh, but uh, we've gone a little little more deeper into it uh, with my passion for Sheffield Wednesday and and the good and bad years and the Ron in years and. What turned Wednesday? Uh, what turn Wednesday to go back into the depression of uh, into the third division after they got out of it? You know, when you look at clubs like that, I mean, some of them do it twice and all, but uh, it, it, I'm hoping it's well. I'm going to say it's a good read, but I'm hoping that people enjoy it, uh, whoever buys it.
1: I'm sure they will too, sir, because your first book with with John Brindley was an absolutely phenomenal read. I couldn't put it down, and uh, Pretty much started our friendship, didn't it? With uh, he did. with, with With that book. So, Big Ron, has he had any input into the book? Or do you want him to have any input? I'll give him a call. Well, um,
0: well you can ask him, because I'll get John to give him a um. A... To give him a ring and then and he can put some input input into the book itself that would that be grateful if he, had, if yeah. him, if he, if he, he didn't mind because all, all i'm talking about not me not me and ron i'm talking about sheffield wednesday yeah yeah even though Ron tried to buy me for man united but i weren't at man united mm. i went to, to i was at sheffield united then um but i won't mind that if if, if it would because we're talking about the club and our most successful time in yeah. years was under run. Yeah, and I mean what I put to about it was um, I thought the decline of Sheffield Wednesday was the first time of Run Atkinson mm-hmm. because he'd left and he was just building a team what could go and challenge and he proved it won, won the league cup. Yes, he come back and he saved us from game relegation again. But my question was, my question to the to to to, to Dave Richards was. Why did you bring him back just so you could sack him? Because Ron promised he weren't going to go and he Mm. left. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was... Listen, we we were in trouble when he came back again the second time, you know. Yeah. And he sacked him. He kept us up that year. Yeah. And he didn't offer him another contract.
1: I know when Ron first left and went to Aston Villa, I know for a fact... It was, it really was touch and go because he absolutely well, he he loved, be- loved Wednesday. Loved it.
0: He either loved Wednesday or he loved Josephine, tell him.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll phone the big man love, up tomorrow.
0: But who didn't love Josephine? But the thing on that, uh, I mean, he promised that he weren't going to, he were going to stay. And it upset Richardson. And know he upset the fans, yeah. but we get that with fans. We understand that, but. I understand non leaving because it's Aston Villa.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. If it was any other team, do it you know what? Even well, if it I, was Liverpool, I mean, he I, wouldn't have gone.
0: I'm not sure. I think he'd have taken Liverpool and he'd have taken Man United, that type of thing, which he managed Man United. I think yeah, them two. Not but so. Everything because have, he's have, done that. Not yeah. so certain, but, no, but I'm, Villa I'm, is his club. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, if he hadn't done it, he would have. He would have done that. Mm. Make no mistake. But Sheffield Wednesday are a big club, and and I think our downfall started with Ron Atkinson because he built up a foundation and then he left He left to go take Villavon and then he came back and saved us again. Yeah. Right? And Francis did well. Right? And then uh, if we'd have kept him, if we'd have kept Ron, he probably Ron might not have got himself into trouble with the other, with other scenario thing. Mm. But but then uh, he kept us up that year Richard did offer him another contract. We finished up with Dave Fleet. Uh... I mean we've had 15 other managers since then but on that on that side we've got Pleet, and then I think uh, Danny Wilson But she'ves taken over for a little bit and then Danny Wilson came in he got the sack right and well, I think if danny had kept the and handled that the scenario mm. better he would have got us another 10 points make no mistake Ron Ron would, have have,
1: Ron would have sorted out the well, hey little man exactly. come down come here yeah. little man that's what but he wrong he, would have said that to him
0: <laughs> Ron had already sorted out Sheffield Wednesday for the second time. Yeah, his next step would have been bringing the better players in. Oh, and, will... and and and, and Richards, and that was that's the annoying part about Dave Richards with the Ron Atkinson scenario for me.
1: I will phone up Ron tomorrow because I've got to do another big Ron remembers, and I'm gonna get his memoir memoirs of them Sheffield Wednesday years because it's like loved and loathed in equal measures but and and i get that but you know it, it was only the fact that it was aston villa and talking of aston villa my latest podcast is uh, another chapter of my life with a villa historian and author of the first <laughs> 150 years of villa and we're going to be doing a series of, looking at one of the founding members of the Football League through the ages, through the decades, with my new pal, Colleen Abbott. And to, mm. see, my missus has gone out, so there's no vacuum going on tonight. To say, listen, I but we're over, vacuum... we're over was... an hour. We're over an hour.
0: Another we're we're fifteen minutes. I'm going to say, "Where's
1: your missus?" Yeah, she's gone out. She's gone out to the daughters. <laughs> but right. we've got in everything that I wanted you to, and uh, we did want to pay tribute to uh, both George and man. Diego yes. uh, earlier in the podcast. So. We will be going out with, don't cry for me, Argentina, but uh, what teams are going to be crying and what teams are going to be smiling on our football forecast this week, starting off at Goodison when Leeds United come to town and Bielsa's been named as one of the top uh, managers stroke coaches in, uh, well, by FIFA. What do you reckon to he hasn't actually won much this season, apart from getting Leeds
0: promoted, has he? Well, yeah, I understand. Hmm? If we if, if if you look at it from a football perspective, yeah, it's a genius of a coach. Yeah. Now you you and everybody else what said about it's one of the few things have been in, in Argentina not mm-hmm. massive amounts of trophies. Yeah. But it's his football. If you look at it, all his players, mm. I think he had one blip when he managed the Argentina, and something went a bit astray there. But it, when you when you analyze him and you go, Guardiola what Bielsa does, he wants to produce it with the players he's got at the club. Yeah. And I'm not saying he don't want to add them. Yeah. Whereas Guardiola is still a fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. Right? But he will buy the big-name players. Now, Guardiola puts himself under pressure to handle those big-time big players. Yep. Does Bielsa not want to handle them? I don't know. Mm. But one thing, one thing about him, I put him among the best coaches I've ever seen and I'm not saying putting in trophies, as a coach, to watch his team play football, to watch how they work things on a football field, right? Yeah. And one thing I believe in, if I was a football manager, and I'm looking at him, and I look, I look at look Clough, and I say, them two don't believe they're going to get beat. Mm. To they the playing, they play a certain way, and they stick to it. Yeah.
1: So when we look at Who's been put forward as managers, coaches, players, etc. Ultimately, it isn't what you do, it's the way that you do it.
0: I think I think it is what you yeah. do. We have to look at that, don't we? Yeah. What I'm trying to say about it is if you're gonna go on trophies, then you can't put him in that bracket.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? But it's funny how everybody speaks highly of him. Yeah. These managers what's work with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, your Guardiola's and all them, all learnt from him. You know, I'm saying as a coach, how he improves his teams, and yeah. he has he has improved nearly all the teams. He hasn't won trophies with him, but look how he's done it. He's yeah. done it on a on a small budget without wasting the money, but he's improved players. So there's a coach. I put him up there with some of the best coaches, right? Now, when you look at when you talk about the Shanks and the Jocksteins, they won major trophies. Mm-hmm. So that's a different type of coaching, or but that's man management of players, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, so yeah. I put him up there, but not, not would I understand what you're saying and other people what they would say. What's he want? I get that. I get that. It's, it's like anything else. I said Newcastle's a massive club, Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderland are massive mm. clubs, but they don't win major trophies. Yeah. So there's big clubs still big clubs because of fans, but the the great clubs are the ones who win trophies, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. But again, I suppose we're judging the apples with pears here, aren't we? Well, it's not, football isn't a level playing field. And, no. And when you look at the success of Bielsa, there could be an argument that his achievements are at at least as equal as other Football managers, stroke coaches this calendar year because he's managing Leeds with a little budget and he's improved his players, whereas with Manchester United, Liverpool and the bigger clubs, they've got bigger budgets. So, of course, they're going to win major honours. Absolutely.
0: You you put that brilliantly. Yeah. But again, I don't think Bielsa wants to spend vast amount of money. I really don't. Because I've looked at him. I've looked at his clubs he's been at. He's never spent big money. Yeah. He's never... Whereas Guardiola has. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love Guardiola. I'm not obsessed with Guardiola one little bit. I'm 65. I've told everybody 40, 35 years ago, I tell everybody about playing that way. I yeah. press.
1: I you knew when I saw that, Nineteen fifty three when Hungary come to England.
0: No, I, I weren't well
1: born then. <laughs> oh no, I, but that's when it happened to so. yeah, I'll tell you
0: when I, I'll tell you when I started seeing that with a great Brazilian team Yeah. and Cruyff's men. Yeah. And Cruyff.
1: Well Cruyff's favourite team him. was yes. We Pest Dozer. Yeah. The Hungarian side.
0: Yes, but uh, I mean he would have got it from Schme, it's Mikel's, isn't it? Meekles
1: what the? Dutch yeah, Brayan is Yeah. Yeah, because
0: they got, they were really, really close. Yeah, you?
1: absolutely. Really close. And it all come out of uh, that Hungarian, magnificent, magnificent, and uh, magical Magyars of the '50s. So Everton versus Leeds T C. Your first forecast, sir, is. I'm gonna
0: go. I'm gonna go a one nil because I think Everton with this uh, Imenes. Uh, James. He, he, James, he can, he, he can turn the game with mm. one of these split passes, these, these magical passes he's got. Everton are playing well. I think Leeds have a good team. I think it's going to be a fascinating football match and I think Everton will make it just one nil. but I think it's going to be tight. I'm going
1: to go 1-1. I think there's two good teams. Um, Leeds have been a little bit open at times, conceded a few goals. But when they score early, they do dominate. I think uh, I can see a draw there on the cards. Derby versus Wickham. If Derby don't win, does Wayne Rooney get the sack?
0: Well, I'll I'll go back to that in in a minute. But the thing is with Leeds is they don't score enough goals. Mm. And that's what costs costs them games at times, whether, whether they concede sometimes three or four. Because they don't score from other areas. Mm-hmm. So that's what puts them under yep. pressure. If, if, if Mount if Mountfield, if... Uh, what's the cycle called? Not Mount. Bamford. Bamford. If he don't score, they don't get goals from other areas. Like yep. other, the other good teams do. Mm. Um, Derby County, I think maybe Wayne Rooney is going to be in line for the job. Yep. Uh, because they fetched um, McLaren in, haven't they? Yes. And it looks like Derby County is going to be sold. Mm-hmm. So I won't be surprised if, if if McLaren hasn't come in to help Wayne Rooney. Yep. So I think Rooney may get it. I could be wrong but it's only me guessing. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything I'm from the grapevine and I usually get to wear certain things but uh, I think I think Rooney will get it because why would Steve McLaren go there? Mm. Back. I know we, I know he's, he's managed him a couple of times yeah. and he coached there but I think that's the link. I do think that's the link.
1: So what's the score, T.C.? Uh.
0: Who are playing? Wickham? Wickham, yeah. Well, well, I'm hoping Derby wins, so I'm going to go for a 2-0 Derby.
1: Yeah, I've already just put 2-0. that's just
0: hope, I think.
1: Well, I think you've got to beat Wickham. Wickham are one of the poorest sides in that division. Although I said, the that, about 90, Birmingham. I said <laughs> that about Sheffield
0: Wednesday, yeah.
1: yeah. Another one of your former clubs, TC Huddersfield versus Borough. How would you say that one? Where's this at? Uh, Huddersfield. 2-1 field. Yeah, no, I've just put two on as well.
0: He's uh, He's got them playing a, a decent uh, decent football. I like watching them at this moment in time then.
1: Yeah, no, I do. I think he would be a, he would have been a good shout for you. Unfortunately, I've yeah, got but, Pulis. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not a lover of Pulis or the way that he plays football, but he's playing one of his former teams this weekend in Stoke City. So, how do you see the Owls going this week, T.C.? Is this at Hillsborough? Yeah, Hillsborough. Yeah. If
0: we if we win, I'm gonna go for a one nil win because I can't see us playing attacking football. You know, mm. and it's not it's not it's not uh, where we positioned. What's the problem? Uh, because if anything, you need to. I know you don't need to lose, but you need to score goals and win games. Because if you don't win, if you keep driving, mm. you're gonna fall further behind. Yep. You know, and uh, if we win, it'll be a one nil win. So. I'll, I more hope again that we're going to win 1-0 to help us with with the position that we're in this moment in
1: time. Stoke City are one of my dark horses for the um, playoffs. I'm going to go 2-1 Stoke City uh, win. Saints on Sunday now, Saints versus Manchester United. How do you see this? And Famously got absolutely spannered at the, I think it was the Dell in those days, when they wore their um, grey
0: kit, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, they, they even blamed the kit. Yeah, First they did, yeah. They
1: even blamed the kit yeah, the great kit,
0: yeah. You know, uh, Matt Lecissier had one of those, absolute, well, he had many of those un- unbelievable games, but he was unstoppable that game. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I like the way our Southampton played. Uh, I wrote about them against Wolves. On, I know Wolves didn't play op- over particularly well that night, mm-hmm. but Southampton did play some great football. What a great turnaround it's been since they got beat. Yes, they got a man yeah. sent off that night when they got beat 9-0. But I like this manager. I don't think Southampton. I don't like to say this, but I don't think Southampton will be able to keep him. I think he will manage one of the bigger mm. one of the bigger clubs because Southampton a good club anyway, big yeah. club anyway yeah, yeah. in its own right. Yeah. But I think he'll be able to. I think he will get offered one of the top six clubs at some point. So I'm going to go for a, a one-one draw. Yeah, I'm
1: going to go one 0 Saints there. So, you're going 1-1. I'm going to go 1-0 Saints. That game when they played Leicester, I actually backed Saints to win. I said to Tom, mm, yeah. I, fan- I fancy Southampton tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Glad Wait I never put it. no doubt on it. <laughs> it. Uh, Nottingham Forest, another one of your old clubs, TC versus
0: Swansea. How do you see that one going? Again, I'm hoping that they're going to win a 1-0. I can't see Nottingham Forest. I said it when... when, when... Chris Hewton was a fantastic football player. He's a lovely bloke. Yeah. A lovely, lovely bloke. But he plays a brand of football that he's not. And yes, he got, he got Newcastle promoted. But Newcastle, were a standout team. You're going to get players, the better players at that level, want to play for Newcastle because there's 50,000 people there. Yeah. Um, again, I can only see for his winning matches, it's only by 1-0 because of the way of the f- football that he plays, Chris Hewton. Fantastic football player, a lovely, lovely man, but I don't like the way how he plays football, so it'll be a 1-0. I'm looking for a 1-0, but it's a nope more than anything else. 1-0 to Forest.
1: Yep, I've gone 2-1 to Swansea, because I think Swansea are a decent side, well coached. And Very uh, good side. Yep, I've, I can see an away win there for Swansea, as I can see an away win in our final game for Aston Villa. I'm going 2-1 Villa at West Ham. What are you going, TC?
0: Ooh, this. Let me tell you something. West Ham are playing some decent football. Yeah, decent. He's playing. He's, he's yeah. changed the way he's playing. And listen, I've been a have been a critic of David Moyes. Yes, I am. Yeah. But at the same time, mm. he has changed the way he's playing. They're playing some good stuff. Is West Ham? Mm. Um, Villa hitting and missing at moment in time. You think they're going to get beat? Then yep. they're going to produce a result. Missing
1: some Again, vital chances over. i going
0: to yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a one-one because I think both teams. You know, uh, playing some decent stuff at this moment in time. Yep, and
1: let's hope Jack is better on the ball than he is in the car.
0: No. <laughs> Listen, there's worse things than that. Oh, no. Listen, what about Jeremy Corbyn with, with nine people in in his house? Yeah. You know, got they're getting away with it. All these other politicians. I'm on about Jeremy Corbyn because of the Conservatives doing it and all. Mm. And they want to come down every night on, on Jack, yeah.
1: Right, it, does take, it does take certain people off the back pages, don't it? And it gives oh. a few Blues fans a little bit yeah. of ammunition, but, yeah, uh, but we don't know what he, went on. And, and,
0: and then that the, 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 the play gets crucified for it. Nobody really knows what's going on about yeah.
1: it anyway, do it? No, not at all, TC. So uh, all I'm looking forward to is Super Jack smashing the hammers this weekend. And can we just say thank you all for listening. Love to you and yours, TC. Um Love and God rest the souls of uh, two of the greatest players that we've ever seen play football. George Best and uh, sadly passing away today. Diego Maradona we're going to go out with. Don't cry for me Argentina because we're all crying tonight.
0: Thanks everyone for listening. Love to yours and two of the greatest players that's ever been. Uh, it's a sad day. Yes, it's one. It's a memory of somebody what died in 2005 and sad that Maradona has died at the young age of 60. So... God bless everybody, and we'll speak. I uh, hope you're all listening to us next week.
1: Yeah, yeah, take care. Speak soon. Mm-hmm.
0: Cheers, bye bye. Cheers, Tom.